This week, while we remain trapped in our houses, we are inviting you to join us as we discuss two films suggested to us by listeners, The Uninvited and Blood-Sucking Freaks. Hope you're all staying safe out there. Welcome to the Swear Wolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And we are back, guys. This is a little departure from our norm, um, but things as of late have been a little bit of departure from our norm. Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, we were actually doing a live stream on YouTube, just kind of putzing around. We hadn't seen each other in a while, and we decided to try it out. And we had a couple of our listeners who messaged us during that live stream and they asked us about a couple of movies, if we had ever seen them or if we would ever talk about them. And so we decided, or Alan decided that night, actually, he's like, you know what? I'm going to make those be my choices the next time we have to choose. So fuck it. <laughs> tonight is our uh, TRL moment. <laughs> and I'm That's Carson it. Daly. <laughs> Spring break 2020. Woo! <laughs> uh david stop flashing your tits um, <laughs> never <laughs> but uh yeah so uh let me just kind of go around the horn here and alan because i technically you picked these movies I'll, I'll talk to you first had you seen either of these films before um the first one is from 1944 it's called the uninvited and the second one is a 1976 uh blood-sucking freaks no, I haven't. But I'm always, I'm always down to watch something new. When I want to watch a movie, I'll kind of read about it a little bit, like or I'll watch a trailer or something. I was looking forward to watching them both. Yeah, and David, had you watched either of these before? No, I'd um, I'd heard of the Uninvited, um, kind of. I remember the the NES game, the Uninvited. I don't think there's any yeah. connect, <laughs> any connection, dude. And that game is hard. Yeah, I think I have it, but yeah, I do remember that game being difficult. And then, uh, like, yeah, go ahead. That was a game like you die a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and the Alanis Morissette song—that was what I thought of. When I, this was yeah, you're all uninvited. There's also <laughs> a newer movie. That was my Alanis. There's also a newer movie. I don't know when it's from. Like maybe 2009 oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. Thank you. 2009, yes, you're correct. Yeah, because when I was trying to find this movie, I kept bumping into that one. By the way, the hardest movie that we've ever had to try to find. <laughs> yes, it took it. It was a group effort. Yeah, and it, it was. was in like two parts. Yeah, it was in two parts in online. It was yeah. free. Yeah. 
So can't beat that with a stick. Um, yeah, I had never heard of the uninvited before the 1944 version, at least. And, uh, I've never heard of the Nintendo game, the uninvited either. <laughs> so I've never played that. Um, blood sucking freaks. I had heard of, but I had never seen. Mm-hmm. And we'll I get to that. And I had not heard of that one. Okay. We'll get to that one in a moment. First, uh, Let's talk about... Now, this is uh, Christy. She's a listener of ours. This was her pick, The Uninvited from 1944. So I want to give her a little shout-out for having us choose that. The movie start Well, it stars quite a few people, um, and I forgot to pull that up, so give me one second. I've got it. Uh, you got it. Yeah, it, was, it stars Ray Milland, um, who was in Dial M for Murder. That's what I recognized him from. That's I a did. great film. Yeah, it's an awesome movie. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Hitchcock films, by the movie. way. It's Dial M for Murder. I like everything except for the ending. Yeah. And there's another Hitchcock <laughs> connection uh, to this movie, too, is the costumes were done by Edith Head, who did like the costumes for most of Hitchcock's movies. She's like an eight-time Oscar winner. Uh, another, another connection to this movie is that it was filmed parts in Phoenix, Arizona. I saw that. Uh, when yeah. and where? Because the whole movie, I was like, I see nothing that looks like Arizona. Probably places that don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, because they're by the water yeah. and stuff. That was done in San Francisco, but um, but yeah, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I didn't see any Phoenix. Kind of crazy, <laughs> but whatever. Um, yeah, so uh, Ray Milland, Ruth Hussey, mm-hmm. who plays his sister. Uh, Ray is, uh, Ray Milland stars as Roderick Fritz, Fitzgerald, but they call him Rick. Yeah. Um, Ruth Hussey is Pamela Fitzgerald, his sister. Donald Crisp, uh, who actually won an Academy Award for his role in How Green Was My Valley. Oh, really? Uh, Academy Award winner Donald Crisp, he plays the commander. A couple other people, but uh, Gail Russell, who was kind of one of her earlier roles, she played Stella, mm-hmm. the young the young woman in that. And that's kind of the, the main characters that we need to go through is uh, Rick, Pam, the commander and Stella didn't uh, Gail Russell died real young too. Didn't she? Wasn't she like in her? 30s? Yeah. I look, she was 36 That's when she crazy. died. She basically died of alcoholism, uh, liver failure. But when she was I know, found, I by, know that game <laughs> as we're all drinking, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sipping rum and Coke, but, uh, she was found with an empty bottle of vodka. Her stomach was pretty much oh. empty. Oh, that's awful. Um, she was malnourished, and she had a bunch of empty bottles around her uh, apartment. So, oh, yeah, pretty sad. It's awful. She died at. She died at the age I'm at right now. Yeah, That's put, crazy. The, put the bottle down. <laughs> with that bottle, she's <laughs> taking a big swig. Um, you know who else is in this movie too? Is uh, Alan Napier, the uh, guy who played the Doctor, Doctor Scott. That was Alfred from yeah. Batman, and well, the, the oh. TV series. Yeah, very good. Yeah, everyone I, in this film is deceased. Oh yeah. They all did. Yeah. Well, this movie was made in 1944. I guess uh, the Gail um, Gail Russell. Gail yeah. Russell. She could have still been alive. She was. She was actually only 20. She was playing a 20 year old, and she was mm. only 20. Yeah. Uh, at the time, so I guess technically she'd be like 90. Yeah. But instead, six. they were all uninvited from life. Living. <laughs> <laughs> uh real quick to kind of real quick i always say this real quick and then we go on for 45 <laughs> minutes about the plot but uh, let's, uh really it's long. like it's like when people say a uh, quick question yeah quick i question. like when people tell you a really long story and they're like so a uh, long story short you're like that was a very long story 
<laughs> well, real long, let's go through the plot here. Um, the movie opens up with uh, a man and his uh, sister. Now, I found it kind of odd at the beginning that they were brother and sister. Yeah, I, I, I was expecting I, a couple. At, yeah, and at the beginning, I was like, why didn't they make them a couple? But it plays out why right, right. Yeah. Um, in the end. But um, a man and his sister are on holiday from London, and they're kind of out in the out in the boonies somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in England. And uh, they're with their dog, their little, like, Toto dog. <laughs> and um, they come across uh, an old house, and the dog chases a squirrel. Uh, into the house and the brothers all Rick's all like go get that squirrel (laughs) the sister's like no the squirrel (laughs) get that Um, bitch (laughs) yeah he turns into fucking (laughs) chop top (laughs) but uh, he chases a squirrel into the house and so the couple well the couple the brother and sister go inside and the sister's like wow this house is pretty fucking cool which it was it was cool it was really cool yeah um Big old staircase leading up uh, to uh, some wonderful rooms, and it's right there, like on a cliff. Ocean side, awesome view. We're looking at ocean, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, "Rick, we should buy this house." And he's like, "What? You're fucking insane." And she's like, "I'm tired of living in a flat in London. We can do it." Yeah, and if he's just... like a music. He's a composer. Boy, he's a critic. But she's like, "You can give he's that fr- up. You can become a. Uh, yeah, you can compose full time." And uh, we'll just live here and, you know, pool our money together and buy the house. So they find out that this uh, commander, Commander uh, Cody, no, Commander Beach, yeah. they find that he has, the he owns the property because they ask around. And so they go down to visit him and his granddaughter greets them. And that's Stella. And Stella's like, oh, sorry, he's not home and that property's not for sale. And they're like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. And right as she's like shooing him out, the commander comes home. And Rick, of course, says, hey, is that property for sale? And he's like, of yep. course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely it is. So they begin negotiations, which is hardly a negotiation. because, <laughs> Yeah, not even Pam says, Pam says, we'll give you 1,200 pounds. And uh, he's like, sold. <laughs> yeah. Sold. Yeah, no haggling I, whatsoever. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what 1,200 pounds in today's currency would be. Let's see here. Twelve. I, I looked it up yesterday. You checked too. I, I want to say it was like $1,400 or something. $1,400? But I don't know what that was in the 40s. or. It was 1937. Nope. Is what oh, that's when it's set. That's right. That was a lot of money back then. But Stella's upset because uh, she's attached to the house. Something else worth mentioning too is when they're initially looking around the house, there's one particular room that's locked that they can't go into. And they're like, oh, that's weird. It's actually yeah. the coolest room in the house because it has like a window, like dude, that window uh, looked like uh, like every Wendy's, like uh, like did they old, say twelve like Wendy's building? <laughs> did they say twelve hundred like pounds window? or twelve? <laughs> it was twelve hundred. Yeah. It was twelve hundred pounds. Yeah, that yeah. would only be like sixty eight hundred dollars today. Sixty eight hundred pounds today, which is probably about seventy five hundred dollars. That's crazy. Did you get a Wendy's vibe though? Yes, now that you said it, I did. Uh, you're absolutely correct. I And I agree with Alan. I'm sorry, I was looking that up while uh, you guys were talking. But uh, Alan's right. That is the coolest room in the house. And when they first go in the room, they're like, oh, this room sucks. Yeah, like, and this I'm room's like, this ugly. Room, I was like, I would like put my bed in there. I'd like... Dude, that they, was the coolest room, and they were the, totally critical of it. I was just kind of caught off guard. I was like, this is the coolest room. And they're was, just like... Yeah, oh. I'd give up my whole house for that room. 
Like, yeah, that room. Give me that room. Well, that room is about fourteen hundred square feet too, because he's <laughs> yeah. got like a a grand piano in there. He's got plenty of room to like I don't know run laps and yeah. yeah and he's gonna make that his studio for uh, his compositions. But they definitely got they definitely got a bad vibe from that room. Like, they did. There was a chill in the air. And there was kind of yeah. a dampness. Yeah, and the dog refuses to go uh, to come upstairs. Yeah, that's another thing. All the thing. in this film kind of were key in like you know, showing the viewer like something was wrong. And I think this, this might be an early example of a film doing that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I remember like when the dog's barking, uh, Pamela says something like, why don't you come up stupid? <laughs> she called the dog stupid. <laughs> she called the dog stupid. And she also called her brother an idiot. <laughs> She's like, you idiot. <laughs> Dude. I like that. I like, I like Pamela. She's yeah. Great. Pamela was pretty rad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, Even the doctor caught on to it. He's like, <laughs> "Camera yeah, well, said to her." The doctor, but the doctor's like, he hooked up with her. Oh, totally. Yeah. So R- Rick is going to go back to London, kind of tie up some loose ends back there, ship all their furniture because I guess they used to have a house similar to this when they were young, and um, so he's going to. They had all their furniture from that house in storage, so he's going to ship it all to this new house tie up some loose ends and then come back. He's going to be gone for about three weeks. Well, before he leaves, he sees Stella like on the street. Yeah, and he Stella stops, was kind he of stops off of the, the tobacconist. Yeah. The tobacconist. Yeah. <laughs> I like that little guy, that little, uh, yeah. Shop the shopkeeper there. guy. And he's the one that tells him yeah. that, uh, the Sergeant beach or commander beach or whatever, that his daughter, uh, fell off the cliff and died. Uh, yeah. A long time Stella's ago. And that's why the house is yeah abandoned. Yeah. And that's Stella's mother. Yeah. So and right off the bat, we start to see kind of the puzzles, the puzzle pieces being put into place by different characters. Yeah. And there is rumors that it is haunted. There was people that leased the house and were tenants prior to it being empty. And um, they left because they were like, I, we can't deal with this shit. And the commander's just like, you're idiots. <laughs> um, yeah. The commander knows something's up, but he doesn't want to disclose it. And he's very tight-lipped about mm-hmm. it. He's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he is. He's, he's an, an asshole. Old, he's an old-timer. But he's an asshole. But anyway, so Stella runs into Rick, and she's, like, apologizing for her behavior the previous day. And wow. so Rick is like, how old are you? And she's like, 20. And then he's, <laughs> he's all like, like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> he goes, I'm in my like, 40s, so you're just my type. <laughs> Actually, I looked it up. He was 37. Was he okay? Who was the, the actor? The actor was 37. Yeah, I think their I think their characters were supposed to be young as well. Well, she was really 20 in real life, yeah. so that's why I'm just going by what he what his real age was. But he was right. 37. But I think him and Pam. I think they were. I think they were young. Also, they were younger. Yeah, they were hit. Yeah, but Slick Rick, he moves right in. He's like, "Hey, you want to go? Uh, you want to go sailing on my boat?" <laughs> By the way, Rick, very good comedic timing on this guy. Yeah. Like, he has this movie. Slick Rick. Um, this Slick movie Rick. is very, is very funny. Um, yeah. You know, we're 1944 standards, right? It's not right. like a, it's a come out today, but he's got some really good, like one liners, a lot of good dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he, they're, they're it's sailing. Very, it's very of, charming. A lot of dad yeah. jokes that in 1944 were just called jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
there was a there's a moment where they're out sailing right after this and he says uh do you get seasick and she's like no do you and he's like i got the stomach of like gibraltar uh hard as gibraltar just not on the outside you know like saying that he's got a doughy belly and then the very next scene we see him he's like sick and he's like he's she's like, like are you like okay over the side of the boat <laughs> and, she, and he goes he goes I think we're going to have to look into that Gibraltar and see how sturdy that thing is. (laughs) So it was just like funny, funny lines like that. And she even mentions that Stella after their like little rendezvous, their little date, she says something to the effect of you're always laughing, like basically saying you're always joking. And I've never seen anybody joke so much because she's been sheltered by her fucking asshole grandfather her entire life. And, um, he's like, yep. That's me, jokey jokesters. <laughs> so he's like, I'll be back in three weeks. And he hops in his car and he says, uh, uh, keep my sister company. And she's like, oh, I want, I'd love to be friends with your sister. So he goes to, back to London and he picks up their maid. So this is, this is kind of a weird thing too, right? They, they have a maid, but they had to pinch their pennies to buy this house. And they lived in a, a flat in London. Yeah. Maybe they got an inheritance or something like that. You know, that's what I well, thought. My assumption also, though, is that they kind of inherited the maid because the maid was like talking about like when she was helping raise them. Yeah. They were little kids. So, (laughs) you know, they've known her their entire life. So she's going to come out. Maybe she's just going to live with them and she's just going to do like maidly chores. Yeah. You know, but whatever. They yeah. consider her, they consider her an aunt who works for them. When they bring her, <laughs> when they bring her in, um, the maid's got a cat and like the cat's afraid to go upstairs. And there's a part where like Rick is talking and he just kind of throws the cat. He's like, tosses the cat. <laughs> goes, it's like, they're like, Oh, the cat won't go upstairs. He's like, I'll help her. And he grabs the cat. It's like going to throw upstairs. And the cat just like jumps backwards. <laughs> does a flip. It's saw a cucumber or something. <laughs> Have you seen those videos on YouTube, like cats and yeah, cucumbers? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, they think it's a snake. <laughs> so I think this is where they spend the night. They uh, they all go to bed. They all go to bed. Together. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, they, they hear something. Uh, uh, Rick is Rick wakes up to, like, somebody crying. Yeah, it's a fucking La Llorona. And, and he finds yeah. out it's not Pam. It is La Llorona. And he finds out from Pam that it's oh, not the <laughs> Yeah, because Pam meets him out on the balcony, and he's like, oh, it's not you. And she, and he, she's like, yeah, we better not wake, you know, fucking Lizzie, who's the maid. And he goes, oh, it's not Lizzie? Who the fuck is it? And she's like telling him, she's like, it comes every night. It's not even like the first night, because Pam reveals that um, she's like, I've, I've been hearing it. Like, like she's heard it before. Yeah. She's That's like, I'm, yeah, she's like, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not crazy. Yeah. She's been staying there for three weeks, but it's like Rick's first night there. And she's yeah. like, you hear Rick it too. Uh, yeah. I've been hearing it. I don't know what the fuck it is. And he's like, well, let me go investigate. She goes, there's no use. Cause there's nothing down there. Yeah. She already investigated it. So it's nothing new to her, but it's funny how like Rick reacts to it because he's like, Oh, it's nothing at all. It's not a big deal. And he's like kind of freaking out. <laughs> it's he the has wind. a cigarette and then like he hears something. And, like I can't remember what he hears, but then like he throws a cigarette and hides in the covers. No, the door slams shut. The door slams, like, yeah. <laughs> but even before that, like he's talking to her and he's like all nervous. And she's like, and this is like how she says her line too. I don't know if this is the exact line, but this is how she says her line. She goes, Rick, 
it's really kind of disturbing. And he goes, all right, calm down, calm down. There's nothing to get <laughs> Whoa, whoa settle down. <laughs> so, but it was done, like I said, it was very funny. Like, he's very yeah. um, Cary Grant-like. Yes. His acting style. Like, if you've ever seen a Cary Grant film, like a, yeah. like Archnick and Old Lace or something. Very, very yeah. witty. That's what I thought, too. I watched this with my, with my wife, yeah. and I was like, that guy reminds me of Cary Grant. And she was like, he reminds me of the guy who played Mr. Gailey in Miracle on 34th Street. And I was like, I see that, too. Yeah, just like a like a handsome, suave but jokey. Yeah, yeah. you know. You guys ever earlier. seen Charade with uh, Cary Grant yeah. and Audrey? Yeah, Charade's uh-uh. awesome. One of my favorite Cary Grant movies. Cary Grant was uh, obviously um, I, I I mentioned Arsenic and Old Lace. I really like that movie, but he also was in um, a movie called Father Goose, and it's about this guy, this World War Two like. Um, a sailor type guy and he crashes he's on this island by himself and and then this like this woman and like all this this girl's school they also their boat crashes at the same time so he's stuck on this island with this woman and, and all these young girls i don't know it's a good movie it's a really <laughs> fun movie it's a funny movie you know it's a cary grant fucking movie fucking father goose love cary grant put that put that on the in the queue it's not a horror movie but um, you want to play? Have you guys played the the Untitled Goose game? It's like this game where like you play as a goose, and your job your your job is basically to be super annoying and fuck with people as a goose. <laughs> does that does that include like eating a box of fucking Cheez-Its while someone's talking on a podcast? It could be. Ellen would be very, <laughs> Ellen would be very good at that game. <laughs> All right. So they spend the night. They wake up the next morning and they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Uh. He goes and talks, talks to, to Beach, right? Yeah, and Beach is like, "Hey, li- listen, you own the house now." Oh. And and he goes, "Just because I sold you the house doesn't mean we're going to be friends. So get the fuck out of here." Yeah, and he's like, "And I don't want my daughter anywhere near that house." My granddaughter, granddaughter, my granddaughter. Yeah, oh. yeah. And yeah, and, he does, and Commander he, Beach doesn't like the granddaughter seeing Rick. He's like, "She's like, I want to be friends with him." He's like, "You'll do no such thing," and like. So he's very strict. And Rick, or when, when Beach kind of tells him off, I think Rick even says something like, great, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick hops into his fucking car and he drives away and uh, Stella's on her way to church. And she's like, I was hoping you'd come this way. You know, she's got the, she's hot to trot too. <laughs> um, actually, I think she just likes the fact that she's seeing people that are not her grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> and they're made. So she hops into Rick's car and she's like, I want to go to the house. That's where my mother was. That's where she died. She fell off a fucking cliff. Yeah. I want to go there. So they invite her for dinner. Yeah. And so he's like, come come for dinner and stay for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I got Wendy's uh, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> they all get Wendy's. <laughs> at a fucking Wendy's penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a frosty it, machine up at that. Like, <laughs> you like, want a frosty? It's in my pants. Yeah, and when he drops out, he's like, stay frosty, girl. And she's like, all right, enough with the dead frosty jokes. It's like, I'm going to frost you. Mm-hmm. Frost you. This where she like, picks up on a spirit or something and like... Um... Well, hold on, hold on. I was going to talk about the fact that he like... So she's in the car and the, and the fucking grandfather then walks by too. Because, you know, the grandfather's got money, but he's like, I don't need a car. He's always telling people to get driving places. <laughs> he tells the doctor, he's like, you're going to drive us home. And the doctor's like, all right. Well, okay. uh, 
so he's walking to church, and so he's like, uh, Rick says to Stella, you know, get down. And so she gets down on the floorboard, and I half expected uh, him to put his hand on her head, head just <laughs> push her down, put, put it in the lap. <laughs> I, I think it was implied just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh my! Oh, oh my stars! <laughs> oh my 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 my! So uh, she goes to the house that night. But oh, meanwhile, the the commander he also calls like a family friend, and her name is Miss Halloway, and he's like, I think it's time that you meet with my granddaughter. We don't really know what exactly he's referring to, but Miss Halloway's like, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> Dude, Miss Halloway looks like Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live. That's what I thought. I love Kate McKinnon. Oh, she's wonderful. The character of Miss Halloway has been cited as a lesbian caricature. Yeah, mm. I didn't really get that vibe. No, neither did I, but it's it's weird that uh, people... Because she wasn't swooning over the male lead, that she's an obvious lesbian? I don't know. I thought that was weird, too. I was like, I didn't really get that vibe, but all right. Yeah, but Kate McKinnon, she's a lesbian, so it's like, well, she could play her in the remake. She's 36. <laughs> she better not die of alcoholism. <laughs> oh, like, Jesus. Stella. <laughs> she's great. She's fantastic. Take it easy on the sauce, Kate. Yeah. She's, she's for Ghostbusters sure. too. <laughs> oh, she's for sure. no. Oh, you know what? She was great in Ghostbusters. Listen, Ghostbusters, as, as a movie, Ghostbusters was fine. That, that remake or whatever reboot, whatever the fuck it was, was, was okay. But it's just unnecessary. I liked it. Yeah. It was unnecessary. I really wanted to like it. It was all right. I, I think, you know what? It's, they I would have made it like this was like a franchise of, of the actual Ghostbusters. And they were like, they called up Dan Aykroyd and they're like, hey, we got a problem. And he's like, oh, I'll sell you some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they like franchised the Ghostbusters, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, or something. Out to them. I actually, I liked it a lot. And I think it was great because, you know, I think they did something for the girls out there. You know, I think ultimately, like, they made it for them, and I. But I, I thought it was funny, and she was great in it that movie. It was all right. I just that I movie suffered that, from. But, um, the movie had a terrible villain, like the villain sucked in that movie. Uh, yeah. and that, to me, yeah. in a movie like that, like you gotta have a good villain. Would you show my seven year old that movie? Any age. There was a lot of like racy, like there was some stuff. Well, maybe I would show my seven year old yeah. that, but <laughs> <laughs> but there's some people out there who was like, this is not for young children. It's like a PG 13 movie. That's not a PG film. Nah, I watched PG 13 when I was a little kid. Who gives a shit? You know? And look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sheltered. I wasn't allowed to watch uh, much of anything until I was a lot older. I know. Didn't you guys get like, didn't your mom like have a bunch of like shitty VHSs? Like, because she had the daycare and you were forced to watch those. Yeah, I watched a lot of kids' movies, like, even into, like, my teenage years. Like, yeah, I've seen Heavyweights, the Mighty Ducks movies. Like, I've seen all that stuff many, many times. My uh, grandfather had a, a VHS copy of uh, Death Wish 2. <laughs> God damn, dude. Those first scenes with the, the fucking rape. Oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And when I was nine, my mom was like... Uh, Oh, you want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Let's rent it tonight. <laughs> See, I had to wait till it was like really late, and my dad be like, "All right, you want to watch the thing?" I'd be like, "Yeah, let's watch the thing." <laughs> I had a babysitter. But even that that's was- not that bad. No. Like, uh, <laughs> like I had a babysitter that show us like Beetlejuice and um, like oh, yeah. Batman. 
Ghostbusters. Like, that was pretty good. Yeah, I saw Beetlejuice at the drive-in when it came out. Nice. That was fun. Good times. I saw Ghostbusters twice in the theater in the same weekend. That's awesome. Because I was visiting my dad for the weekend, and he took us. And my sisters and I, when we got home, my oldest sister said, uh, everybody pull your money together and we'll give it to my mom and my stepdad. And we'll say, we're going to take them out to see a movie. All they have to do is drive. And so they like the gesture so much That's that awesome. they took us. But the funny thing is, is they had already seen it that <laughs> weekend also. So <laughs> we you went. Like, you're like, will you drive us to go see Ghostbusters? Like, what are you, Captain Beach? Commander Beach. <laughs> Beach. And I was like, what? Drive your ass? No. So Stella goes to the house and she gets the heebie-jeebies. Rick is playing like a sonata for her that he wrote. About her. About her. He's and like, it's slick. Stella by Starlight. I'm like, slick look, Rick. Dude, yeah. You went out on one fucking boat. Like, if I went out on one date with a girl, not even a real date, like I just like <laughs> got coffee with yeah. her, basically. That's the equivalent of it, right? Run into the street. And the next time I see her, I'm like, I wrote this song about you. She'd be Yeah, he's like, This song's called Stella by Moonlight. He goes, dun 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 She's like, That's not that's not what that is. Trust me, it is. I think things were just different back then. Stella eats with chopsticks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> huh? 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 You should have just started playing chopstick. <laughs> I wrote this for you. Dun, 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 dun. She's like, that's the entertainer. And he's like, ah, damn it. All right. But because because they're in that room, <laughs> there's some there's some kind of weird vibe in that room and he starts playing kind of sad and like he's like i don't know this is just the way it's coming out and yeah, like, like i'm sorry I think, I think she runs towards the cliff yeah she she leaves the house she's like i gotta go and he chases after her. Like, she no, runs I, the- I, I still got another song <laughs> i wanna sex you up uh, two <laughs> they're not ready for this yet <laughs> give it another 50 years <laughs> but your kids are gonna love it <laughs> He's a time traveler. <laughs> he does fucking uh, pony song. He's like, oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, she runs for the cliff and she's going to jump and Rick saves her. And, and she's, she's like, like, I don't know what the like, fuck she happened. Has no, she has no recollection of it. Yeah, she's like, I don't know what the fuck happened. They go back into the house. Some more weird shit happens. She faints. They call the doctor. The doctor's like, yeah, she's fucked. We can. We can <laughs> she got a bad case of fucked. <laughs> I've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> this doctor's pretty smooth too. He is because he starts. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna stay with her. Can I stay at your house? And they're like, sure. <laughs> everybody's staying at everybody's house all the time too in this movie. You tell me stories. This is this is also when the maid is like, I ain't staying in this house anymore. And they're like, oh, you can stay at the neighbor's house. It's like, what the fuck? If all of a sudden my neighbor, <laughs> your neighbor just pops up out of nowhere, what? <laughs> yeah, my maid is staying with you tonight. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it's different. 1937 England, I guess. Well, it was so, different. Yeah. Maybe they called up the Miracle on 34th Street. People were like, oh, we'd be delighted to have her come stay with us. <laughs> You look a lot like the lawyer from Miracle on Wall Street. <laughs> um, but uh, she, they stay at the house all night, and uh, she wakes up and she's a little bit better. And then some more weird shit happens. Like they see a ghost. Like the fucking yeah. door opens, and they see all this shit. That was a pretty it cool, was effect. A cool effect. Yeah. Nineteen forty. Agreed. Yeah, that was cool. Definitely at the end too. The end has mm-hmm. a really cool like apparition. Yeah. But uh, the commander comes over and he's like, give me my granddaughter, you assholes. 
Commander being a dick again. Yes, yep. sons of whores. And this is when he says to the doctor, he's like, doctor, drive me home. And the <laughs> doctor's God like, oh, Lord. damn it. So the doctor drives him the home and then the commander's like, like well, thanks for the ride. Funny, you're not my doctor. Well. <laughs> yeah. The doctor's like, or the commander's like, thanks for the ride and you're not my doctor anymore. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> and the doctor's like, all right. <laughs> You've been putting your finger in my ass for years. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't think that's how you. Every month. (laughs) So, this is where it gets kind of like hard to follow, but I'll do my best. So, Mary is the mother of Stella. She finds out that Stella's father had an affair with a Spanish gypsy named Carmel. And she found out she took Carmel to Paris and she left her there. And then Carmel returned to England, stole baby Stella from the house. And, and was going to throw her off the cliff. There yeah. was a confrontation. Mom and Jean. Yeah, she pushed Mary to her death. And, and then Miss Carmel, Holloway was there. Miss Holloway was there as well. She saw it yeah. all. And then Miss Carmel got sick and she died. So that's where that... So then they have a seance. That's what they're going to do. They're going to have a seance to make her better and so rick's idea is like fuck we'll just put on a seance and we'll tell her that everything's yeah, fine yeah he's kind of that way she'll fuck me <laughs> <laughs> exactly finish what we started like, on that car ride <laughs> she's gotta get over this mom thing because if she doesn't get over it i ain't getting this really wet yeah he's like we gotta figure this out he's like i got a prince song that i'm ready to claim as my own that i'm dying to play for so we're gonna party like it's 1999. <laughs> so it's Rick. Yeah, if you will, a picture. He starts playing. <laughs> yeah. So it's Rick, Sam, Stella, and the doctor, and they do the fucking seance, and like Stella's like pushing the glass, and they're like, "Take your, take your fingers off," and like, so then it's just Pam and Stella, and then they're pushing the fucking glass, they're asking questions, and then the glass goes flying and it fucking breaks, and then she starts speaking Spanish. Yeah, know. and this is this is when the commander comes over, and the commander's like, "You guys are fucked." I'm putting her in a mental institution, but he doesn't tell. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't tell them that. She's. He just. The, he just the takes her away. Like, what the fuck are these yeah. shenanigans? <laughs> yeah, he just takes her away, and then he's like, "Miss Holloway runs this insane house, named after Mary." The I mom. like to imagine that they smoked a lot of weed and did that seance. They could have. Yeah, and then the commander walks in and he's like, what the that wasn't mimosa like, they were You guys smelling. play Prince yet? <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, you don't have to be rich. It's like, it's really high on the uh-huh. piano. But. You don't have to be cool. <laughs> so she goes to the mental hospital. Meanwhile, Rick is, and his sister, Pam, they're like fucking, you know, Nancy Drew and a Hardy boy at this point. Like, <laughs> they're trying to figure out everything. The doctor is even helping them. And ultimately, ultimately, let's kind of cut to the chase yeah. here. They go get her, or she, Miss Holloway's insane. She tells everything that, that Alan just said about the whole Carmel and the whole baby and all that other kind of bullshit. And it is bullshit. Uh, Stella goes back to the house, and she they kind of crisscross. Stella goes to the house, no one's there. And she's going to go run towards the cliff again. But Rick and the doctor save her. They go back into the house. Well, they they find out that, and by the way, I figured this out before they said it, is that Mary, who Stella thought was her mom, wasn't really her mom. 
her dad had an affair with the Spanish girl, Carmel, got her pregnant, took her to Paris. When they came back, they had a baby, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's Mary's. But then Carmel got all pissed off and wanted the baby for her own, and Mary's like, fuck you. She slipped. She fell. Now she's haunting the place, and she's the evil spirit, but Carmel's there, and she's the good spirit who's trying to protect Mary or Mm. Stella. Yep. Once Stella knows it, she's like, then the Carmel spirit leaves and the Mary spirit's still there and Rick confronts Mary. This is where they have that good special effect, I thought. Yeah, it was cool. Because before it's kind of wispy, like like smoke mist, kind of maybe a face, kind of a figure. But in this last scene, it like really transforms into a figure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she disappears because Rick's like, does that whole fucking Nancy from... Nightmare on Elm Street, like you don't have any power over me, <laughs> and like you're shit. And then she's, she's like, "I, I am," and yeah. and she leaves. And then Rick has this like cheesy line at the end. She's like, "Oh, thank you, Rick. You know what would I done?" And he's like, "What would you have done?" She almost was my mother-in-law. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, "I'm 20 years old, dude. I got I a lot of life ahead." Yeah, and I wasn't ever going to marry you. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I just wanted to meet my mom. So that was the end of the movie. Oh, the doctor also says something like, I think we're going to be a little bit busy tomorrow. And him and Pam give each other a look and a wink. Mm. Wink. Yeah. They're going to be <laughs> good. Uh-huh. Well. Wow. Um, I, read, I read some stuff about this movie, uh, the reception. I was telling David earlier that I like to look and see what the reception is of these movies, like at the time. And this movie got a lot of critical praise. Um it was even nominated for an Academy Award for cinematography. Do you know the it, guy that did the score, uh, Victor Young? He was nominated for like twenty-two Academy Awards in his career, and he didn't win until he was dead. He got a he got one for uh, Around the World in eighty see. days. Wow! Right after he died, bummer. Well, at least he got one. Yeah, um, his ghost got someone, it. Someone else uh, got That's, a bunch. You're uninvited in their career. <laughs> um. Oh, what was his name? Fuck. Well, this this particular movie has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And that's only based on 18 reviews, so it's kind of like... Mm. Martin Scorsese this, and uh, Guillermo del Toro, really, uh, in, they, they really like this film, too. Yeah, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, Martin Scorsese placed The Uninvited on his list of the 11... I don't know why he did 11, but 11 scariest horror films of all time. And Guillermo del Toro says that it's... Uh, one of the horror films that has scarred and affected him. You know, I could see that. Like, uh, Crimson Peak uh, has some uh, commonality with this movie a little bit. I guess. I don't know. I I watched it, and I, I kind of liked it, I guess. It was a little cheese ball. It was a little... I mean, but I had to put myself in 1944. Okay, so let's go to the Wayback Machine. Ah, yeah, it's 1944. Oh, 1944, eh? The boys are coming home from the war. Oh, uh, the actor was... The actor was Peter O'Toole. Ah, yeah, yeah. He never won. This this movie, like, it was good, but it wasn't scary at all. Like, I didn't even see when it would have been scary. Like the maybe I guess the ghost. Was, I could I could imagine audiences in nineteen forty four. Absolutely, I think they were scared for sure. I mean, we look at it now; we're not scared. You know, it's a, it's it, it comes across a little dated, but the atmosphere and the mood is is still ever present for me at it least. played it played a little bit more like hitchcockian than it played like like it played like a thriller noir yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a mystery 
Yeah, instead yeah, of definitely mystery. Um, I wouldn't call it a film noir. No, definitely call it a mystery for sure. Yeah, yeah, it did have more of a mystery than a horror vibe, certainly. Yeah, so if I'm gonna rate it, I'll probably give it. I don't know, two and a half heads. That seems like a fair enough rating for it. Do I think it's a movie that everybody should watch? No. I don't think... I wouldn't put it on my top 11 of all time. I, Martin Scorsese. Um, I wouldn't say that it that it scarred me like Guillermo del Toro <laughs> says. I just think that... Uh, well, these well these are, these are older people, though. So... Yeah. So they're a different generation. They saw it, at, you know, at a different age, a different time where... You know, it's like movies that we saw when we were kids. Like I don't know, Guillermo del Toro is not that old. No, but he's he's older than us. He's you know, but yeah. So two and a half, two and a half generations. Uh, I give it three and a half. Um, I really liked this movie. No, I thought it had cool atmosphere. Um, I thought it was well acted. I thought the script was fairly. Uh, I thought it was pretty good for its age. I thought the music was really cool. I liked the house. It had some cool special effects. Uh, I was entertained through the whole movie. Like I wasn't bored at all, and uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. So three and a half for me. Yeah, three and a half for me as well. Um, the atmosphere, and I took notice when um, when the brother and sister were in the house, um, and you know they're looking around. The way the camera moved and it followed them, and it wasn't. It wasn't like other movies of the time where you have like a setting and it's almost like you're watching a play and they're filming a play. The mm-hmm. camera was following them. So I thought that was really innovative the way they did that. It followed them through the house. They're up on the, um, uh, what do you call it? The foyer. They're up at the, uh, you know, they're, they're going up the stairs and they're, they're going from room to room. I thought that was really cool. And it, it really presented this large, very uh, elaborate, uh, setting mm-hmm. and that setting was very pivotal as far as the storytelling so as a viewer you're watching it and you feel almost like you're in this house and then when the haunting starts happening they hear the woman crying and then they see the ghost and then you know different things happen the door slams that sort of thing you know they they prove to be you know creepy moments you know maybe not so much now but for the time, you could really imagine like people being creeped out. So I really enjoyed the atmosphere. The dialogue among characters was fantastic. It was very witty. We touched up on that. Um, so uh, and all the characters are interesting. You know, they all had their quirks, and you know, they all had their kind of lines and that sort of thing. And just the interaction among all the characters was was very interesting. Um, it, it's a great film, and you know, I would love to. I, I'm really glad that Christy recommended it. I, you know, I'd love to recommend it to other people. I, I wish they had done more with maybe some scares, um, maybe the horror side of things. Yeah. That's um, what I was going to say, yeah, yeah, too, yeah. is yeah. like, that's it, the that's the thing. Like, I wish there would have been more uh, terror, more yeah. scary moments, uh, yeah. more tense moments. I, I found the last, like I, I said this earlier, the last scene between Rick and the ghost, I found that to be one of the more enjoyable scenes and. I don't know. I like. I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see Pamela by herself in the house, or the or the um uh, the maid, maid, yeah, inside the house yeah. by herself, or something happened to the doctor, maybe, or the commander, even because yeah. the commander well, came a, to the house. He has a heart attack. 
right? Yeah. He kind of got his a little bit. Yeah, too. yeah. You know, it's just a great mystery film, and it's very charming. Um, yeah, it's it's great. All right, so that first movie, obviously, we had said earlier that Christy, uh, one of our uh, longest, most loyal listening fans, uh, fans, we don't have fans, listeners, um, <laughs> suggested that. But another longtime listener and a person who's longtime listened to me because I've known him for many years, uh, Will, I don't know if he suggested it or he just mentioned it and said, have you guys ever seen it? Whatever. But a movie called Blood Sucking Freaks. Now, this movie, uh, 1976 exploitation film, um, originally uh, shot under the title Sardou, Master of the Screaming Virgins. Mm -hmm. Later, it was retitled to The Incredible Torture Show. Mm -hmm. And then Troma bought the rights and distributed it under the name Blood Sucking Freaks. And it's weird, like sometimes blood sucking is one word and sometimes it's two. They couldn't really decide. Texas Chainsaw Massacre's kind of got that th- same it's thing. It's the same going way. On. Yeah. 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 Whenever yeah. I see it as two words, I always think it, uh, it looks weird on Texas Chainsaw. Chainsaw. I like chainsaw yeah. as one word. Because so do it, I. Because it is one but word. But that's not correct. <laughs> but it's not correct. What? Really? Well, <clears throat> for the movie title, it's two words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying if I go to the store and I buy a chainsaw, like, isn't that one word? I don't know. Let's see. Let's Chain- spend the rest of this episode talking about that. I'd rather. Or chainsaw. <laughs> Chainsaw or chainsaw? Yeah, I've seen it both ways. What's Google have to say about this? Its alternative uh, spelling is chainsaw with a space, but it's spelled chainsaw with no space. Yes, yeah. I think that's the more common, the common way. Uh, it's British English definition of chainsaw. American English, uh, yeah, fuck. Who gives a shit? It's like massacre, right? That shouldn't be how you spell massacre. <laughs> it's true. C R E massacre massacre massacre. Yeah, it's like uh, macabre. Yeah, macabre. Yeah. <laughs> macabre. 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 How to go about this movie? Hey, real so, quick before we get into it, um, did you see the guy that directed this movie, uh, Joel Reed, just died of COVID nineteen like a week ago? Yeah. Um, actually, crazy. Will Will text messaged me and he's like, or a couple, know, he a couple asked, weeks ago, April twelfth. Yeah, he asked me something, and I said, oh, whatever. I answered him back, and then I said, um, it was something about the podcast. And then I said, oh, you'll be happy because we're going to do Bloodsucking Freaks. And he's like, oh, the director just died of uh, coronavirus. And I was like, oh, really? Uh, and then I forgot about it until you just said that. And then you see like, a couple of the leads also died uh, pretty young in, in yeah. mysterious ways. Uh, I couldn't really find anything on any of the cast because they're all fucking nobodies. Well, Seamus O'Brien was attacked. He was killed by uh, uh, a break-in. It's Seamus. Another weird spelling, but it's Seamus. Oh, is it Seamus? Like Seamus McFly from the McFly farm. He was killed by an intruder. Yeah, he got stabbed. Yeah. And then the, the main woman that plays the ballerina, she got shot in a hunting accident. Maybe the film is cursed. Yeah, and Seamus O'Brien, he died like a year after this movie came out. Like, he died, he was like 41 or something. He was super young. Yeah. So, the the guy who played uh, Ralphus, what's his name? Ralphus? Oh, the little guy? He was also, he was an Ewok in uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> wow. Of course, I think everybody was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. He was also Jedi. in like a porno movie, I think. Well, he was in a movie called The Anal Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed that that's what that movie was about. 
I didn't look it up or anything. I didn't do it. Was the, a short, I, I didn't do the research. Oh. It was a short, he says. Yeah, well, okay. Um, he was also in the movie Under the Rainbow. Did you ever see that? Is that a Wizard With, of Oz uh, thing? It was, yeah, it was Chevy Chase. Mm-mm. It's like the making of the Wizard of Oz, but it's all the people that like wrangled the um, the people that played the munchkins because I guess they caused a lot of havoc. That's fantastic. During it, so it's ba- loosely based on true events, but it stars Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher. Were the Lollipop Guild a bunch of assholes? They were like a bunch of like just rabble rousers. <laughs> bunch of hooligans. Yeah, and like sex crazed fucking maniacs. <laughs> kind of like blood sucking freaks. So the movie is uh, about this guy named Sardu. And Sardu has this theater company in uh, Soho, in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like an off, 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 off Broadway uh, theater. Real shitty, like, everything in this movie is really shitty as far as, like, set design and whatnot. But real shitty, like, theater. Like, low budget, like, theater, budget like, theater. New York, like, typical 70s New York, like, sleaze kind of. Dirty. You know, Dirty, yeah. Like nineteen seventies New York was like not a place for tourists. Yeah, and planned to like no. a, a packed house of ten people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Two in the seventies was like, hey, let's take a family trip to New York. That didn't happen. Nobody went to New York for mm-hmm. a fucking family vacation. No, but I like that in this audience of ten, you got a famous football player, a famous ballerina, and a critic. <laughs> like oh, and a famous critic. What are the odds? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, I've heard about this show, you yeah, know, it's kind of like this gay exhibitionism and like, you know, shock S&M. and M. Yeah. But everybody like, as he, so he's bringing out, so he's got his little guy, Ralphus, Ralphus. Yeah. Ralphus. He's a little guy. He looks like, he looks like a, a miniature version of Baba Booey from uh, Howard's turn show. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know what Gary Delabate looks like, this is what this guy looks like. And, um, oh, the guy who played Sergeant Tucci, his name in real life, Dan Fauci. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, wow, so weird. And then the COVID connection, I was like, this is just awful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so his little guy, Ralphus, comes out and he brings out like naked girl after naked girl and they proceed to do torture type things to them. Like uh, they put a vice on the one girl's hand. And then on her head. And then this is what... This is when football player dudes like that's fake, and then uh, well, the critic. What didn't the critic say it? No, the critic just said a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh. The football player is like that's fake, and then Sardu goes, "Would you like to have your lady do it?" And she's all, "No, um, <laughs> no, Tom, don't." Um, <laughs> he ended up liking the show for some reason. He was like, "Hey, you know, that was pretty good," or something like because the well, critic everybody, critical everybody thinks it. it's like a magic trick almost, yeah, like a special effect. But yeah. really, he's actually doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we come to find out, like, he gets more and more stuff that he does to these people, like, even in his own time, not just on stage. So, like Alan, I think Alan said, or, or David said, uh, they put the girl's head then in a vice mm-hmm. and crush it. And then they bring out another girl. And what do they do? They know they pull out her eyeball. They cut off her hand, right? Yeah, there were like different girls. I kind of lost. Yeah, yeah. Track. He gets a saw. The little guy gets a saw, yeah. and he like saws her hand off. And he uses like oh, yeah. no pressure. It, like cut through her like butter. And then yeah, then yeah, pulled yeah. her eyeballs out and ate him. And everybody like claps. Yay! <laughs> After the show, Sardu's greeting everybody as they're leaving, 
and um, the critics like this this thing is fucking atrocious, and you're gonna get shut down. And Sardu's like, mm, we'll see. Mm. You know, he's got a very like Vincent Price. Like, he's like Vincent Price or the narrator to the Haunted Mansion. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, like <laughs> like right uh, kind of voice. And then um, then the football player Tom and his girlfriend, the ballerina Natasha. They come out and Tom's like, yeah, don't listen to him. It was actually a really good show. And they're like, hey, we'd like to see that girl who played the one who got her head crushed by a vice. And he's yeah. like, oh, she's can't be bothered. She's got a splitting headache. <laughs> and then we see Sardu and he's like eating dinner later. And he's got. He's using like a naked chick as a table, right? Yeah. He's and like, he's like, don't move or I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what the hell was he eating? I don't know. <laughs> like I was I like it was fried chicken. Yeah, I don't know. It looked like fried chicken, but also it, looked like dog food. I, I thought it was. I thought it was fried chicken too. I thought it was chicken okay. or something. It was probably fried chicken. It was, it was, it was like KFC. It was probably like a fucking bucket of KFC, but they were trying to make it seem like it was people. It looked gross because they were also like cannibals. That's true. Yeah, yeah. it probably was a person he was eating. Sick so, bastard probably one of the people that they killed during the show, but he also has a, like a cage in a dungeon below the um, theater that houses like, I don't know. Would you say like eight, 10 bunch of naked, naked women. women? Yeah. And they yeah. feed them like body parts and stuff and they eat it like zombies. Like, yeah. Or, they, or, or even Sardu's like starve them to death. Like he's like, and then little Ralphus is like, yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like always jumping around. Kind of dancing. Sardu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an enthusiastic little kid or something. Uh, but uh, Sardu's got this idea, and what he's going to do is he's going to get the ballerina to do a show for him. Yeah, and he wants, yeah. that, and he wants that critic, too. Yeah, because he wants, he wants to pay back the critic or show the critic that he's got the chops to uh, put on a good show. So he kidnaps both of them. And he has he has two dominatrix uh, assistants, too, and... and um they assist him as well in getting the critic, I think. Yeah, I just love how Ralphus goes and he's got the blowgun and he just like hides in a locker. <laughs> in a locker. Right. <laughs> oh, the Christian in the art gallery and then there's a woman in like a trench coat and he's like, do I know you? And she like opens her trench coat. Is she, and she like has a fake coat. dick or something? Yeah, she's wearing a dildo. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. Just so like, random. what the fuck? And then Ralphus is like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you with my blowgun. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph, this is my favorite part, by the way. <laughs> that little guy. Yeah. And then he like puts like nipple clamps on a girl and like electrocutes her. Well, he's showing the he's showing the ballerina. He's like, You're gonna dance for me. And she's like, Fuck you, I'm gonna dance for you. And he's like, Well, this will happen to you. And he like, yeah, he nipple clamps this girl and gives her like, I don't know, a couple volts of electricity. They take another ballerina that, like, the... Her, the, her like, competition. Yeah, something, and, like, they cut off her feet. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, this will happen to you. Oh, the other thing that they do to try to torture her is Ralphus is, like, playing a song. Like obnoxious music. <laughs> he's, like, yeah, banging the cymbal. Like, that music was so annoying. I know. And, and I thought, like, Sardu's like, oh, wow, she's really not uh, caving to our pressure. It's like, dude, you just played some obnoxious music, like... <laughs> Yeah, well, she's he's trying to torture her, right? Cut her hand off like he did. <laughs> She'd probably rather have that. Surely you have more effective methods. There's a scene where, like, like, 
like there's a woman and like something like I don't know something happened to her and they're like joking around with each other and he's like we better call a doctor and they start laughing but they actually do call a doctor oh yeah you, they, think, you think he's like kind of like the straight and narrow just kind of doctor that they have but he's actually a fucking weirdo so so the, and he so, drills into the fucking woman's he like, yeah, yeah 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 hold on hold on hold on <laughs> let's back up here because you're right. So uh, something happens and they need to call a doctor because someone's sick or, or something. And so they call the doctor and the doctor's like, about my payment. And Sardu's like, how about something for trade instead? And so he gives her, he gives the doctor this, this naked girl. Okay. All naked. From now on, if I say he gives a girl, assume that girl's naked. So he gives her, gives him this girl and she's like tied up and he's like, you're so beautiful. I'm going to operate on you. I'm going to make you even more beautiful. And so the doctor, yes, you're right, Alan. He's sadistic. It's fucking like malpractice. Yeah. And he (laughs) like pulls out every single one of her teeth and then it's, it's insinuated that he unzips his pants and fucks her mouth. Right. Because he, he starts getting naked. He's like, now you can't bite. Mm -hmm. And so then he like starts like getting naked well, and then they... Uh, Sardu walks in. He's like, oh, hey, I got a real party going like, on in here, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then like the doctor's like cutting her hair, and Sardu's like, what are you going to do? Give her a hair style? And he's like, no, prepping her for a voluntary brain surgery. And so then he like shaves her head, and then he drills and sticks a straw in her skull, and he <laughs> sucks, sucks out all brains. her juices. Yeah. So gross. So then Sardu's like, he's like, Ralphus. Rafa's is like, I was just seeing the doctor out. And then Sardu goes, what was that? <laughs> he's like, he waits, <laughs> he waits a real long time. And then he's like, what did you just say? And Rafa's is like, I was just seeing the doctor out. And he's like, uh, take care of the doctor. And by that, I mean, kill him <laughs> or, or whatever he says. And so Rafa's is like, yes, master. And so they feed the doctor to the, the cannibal yeah. women. In the cage. And the, and the girls like smear blood all over themselves and they kind of like dance. It, it's weird. It is weird. They, and they meow like cats. Yeah. <laughs> they sound like Alan. <laughs> meow. 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 <laughs> uh, what's the. There's another scene too where they cut off some dude's head. Well, they cut that girl's and, head off. No, they cut off a dude's head. Or is it a girl? They cut off a girl's head and then yeah. Ralphus uh, fucks, skull fucks it. Yeah, it, it's the it, there's a scene with a guillotine. Yeah. yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's a woman. Yeah, the woman. Yeah, they they uh, <laughs> cut off her head. Oh, there's another scene too where Sardu and Ralphus are playing darts. Yeah, like throwing darts into a woman's ass. <laughs> Their bare yeah. ass. Yeah. And like and then Sardu goes, watch this one. It's a bullseye, and then he throws it, and it's like stuck right into her butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they're pulling the like retrieving the darts and pulling out. It's like oh. Ah. Yeah, so gross. And every time Ralphus takes a takes a fucking dart out, he looks at it, examines it for like poop. (laughs) Dude, the guillotine. Um, before that's the same woman. So before they put her in the guillotine, they like put her in this device that like stretches her out, almost like they're gonna quarter her. But they just like stretch her. Yeah, and then they put her in a guillotine. They put a rope in her mouth, and then. he starts whipping her, down. right? Yeah, yeah, bite on this rope. And the rope is holding the guillotine up from, like, coming down on her head. And then he's, he's like, all right, I'm going to start whipping you now. Like, don't you let go of that rope, though. 
They start caning her. Oh, yeah, yeah, cane. That's right. Yeah. But, but it's Ralph is swinging the cane, and he's got the power of a fucking ant. He, yeah. He, so he's just like, <laughs> He's like, I have to cane you now. You went to Singapore once and threw gum on the ground. This, this is what we do. Yeah. This is how yep. we handle things in Singapore. But you would think that if you were getting hit by something really hard, that you would bite down. That would give Even you, harder. like, just, like, clench. Yeah. I would hope he would so. tickle someone to make them open their mouth, yeah, exactly. right? Just kind of like, "Gucci goo, Gucci goo." Brett, that would require some logic, and in this film, it's in short well, supply. Well, um, yeah, and it's right around the of... time like they're also playing backgammon with like women's yeah. fingers. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 and and Ralphus is really good at backgammon, apparently. <laughs> because I think he beats Sardu. And why does Sardu like Ralphus so much? I don't know. But Sardu, also later on, they're talking about the runtime of the show. And Sardu's like, why don't you cut out that joke about the whatever? And and Ralphus says something and Sardu's like, why are you being so pretentious? You're acting like you were when you when you were at the William Morris Agency. Like, like <laughs> Ralphus was an actor. <laughs> and he fell in hard he times. Part of, yeah, Sardu's like a little clan here, but... Okay, so the the ma- the major plot of the movie, besides all these like sub like torture, stories, yeah. torture scenes, um, the major plot of the movie is that Natasha has been kidnapped, and Sardu's trying to brainwash her. Tom <clears throat> and then goes uh, the face. football player, the Joe Namath guy, Tom. He's trying to. He works with like a shady uh, cop to try to like yeah. track her down. Yeah, and they. They go to a show. They go to the show. Well, the cop finds out that she's going to be at the show because he sees an advertisement yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. And so they go to, or they go to Sardu's place, and uh, Tom's like, I want to see Natasha. I want to see Natasha. And Sardu's like, fine, you can see her. Because the sergeant's like, I'll fucking kill you. And then he's like, fine, very well. And so <laughs> Natasha comes out, and Natasha's like, Natasha's like very like, oh, I'm yeah. having a wonderful time. This is great. He's a real artist. So then Tom's like, all right, well, we'll come see the show tomorrow. I'll talk to you later. And so they leave. And then Natasha gets down on all fours and like starts crawling to Sardu, calling him master and like kissing his boot. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, they go to the show. Well, no, the, the cop goes back to Sardu and he's like, listen, I know you're up to some fucking shenanigans and I'm going to turn you in unless you pay me some money. And Sardu's like, I'll give you $50,000. And the cop's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, white slavery. Yeah. Basically, That's hum- going to come into play because there's a funny line also. <laughs> yes. So it goes, uh, white slavery. And then the cop goes, and the cop's like, well, you're international. So the price goes up to $100,000. And Sardu's like, fine, I'll pay it to you tomorrow at the show. <laughs> so the sergeant goes and back to Tom. And he's like, nothing's wrong. Everything's on the up and up. And so he's like, oh, okay, well, let's still go to the show. And the sergeant's like, yep, let's go to the show. <laughs> so they go, and the sergeant gets his money from Sardu, and then he goes back to Tom and immediately goes, Sardu's got your, <laughs> got your girlfriend in prison, <laughs> Let and me he's tell you white slavery. And Tom goes, white slavery in this day and age? What? was a funny line. <laughs> white slavery? In this day and age, they still have that. That's still a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just humorous. I love when uh, when uh, Tom and the cop are going through the hideout, and they find the decapitated head, 
And like Tom picks it up and freaks out. It's like, he just, oh, like drops it. <laughs> he drops it. He gets it. The cop is like, he's like, what's the matter, kid? You never got a little head before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was also it was also funny because like the cop was so nonchalant about the head being there. Yeah. But yeah. then the cop sees something else later on. And the cops like, oh, oh no, this is what it is. The cop sees Sardu making out with the with the man, right? Yeah. And he's like, you fucking pervert. He's like so disgusted, but he just walked by, <laughs> decapitated head. And he's like, he's like, regular perverts I can handle, but not this, not this kind. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And did you guys like that? Uh, so they got a famous ballerina now as a part of their show. They advertise and everything. And they, so they've grown their audience from 10 to 20. Like, yep. <laughs> there's still like nobody in the theater. Listen, it's a fucking ballerina, okay? Like, <laughs> And her ballet. And I'm, I'm not a critic, but like, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't say anything. Sardu will fucking get you. <laughs> you can't criticize I'm it. I'm an artist. The performance was great, Sardu. Um, and he was like, I choreographed this myself. It's like, what are you, a fucking ballerina choreographer? Like, let the ballerina handle that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Sardu's big performance, though, is the ballerina and the critic is tied up and the ballerina, like, proceeds to kick him to death. Yeah. Like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I guess she, she kicks him. Very weakly, <laughs> very meekly. She kicks him and, a lot. <laughs> and then he spits out some teeth and dies. And then... <laughs> Like I said, Sardu's making out with his dead body in the back, and that's what disgusts the <laughs> cop when he sees it. And then, and the uh, cop when he shows up to arrest uh, to arrest Sardu, I like when he reads his Miranda rights. Like he has to read it from like a piece of paper. Like he doesn't have that memorized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like at this point in my life, I think I have the Miranda rights memorized. He's like holding the like, paper I've with one hand and holding a gun at him with the other. <laughs> and that gun was like a fucking. It was a tiny gun. That was like a cigarette lighter. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I think it was really tiny. He's like, "Don't make me pull the trigger and don't light make this me light guy. you up." <laughs> but uh, and then he also he like one pistol of the, whips him, right? <clears throat> he pistol whips the <clears throat> one of the girls that you were talking about the the two um, African American oh, girls yes, that yes, are yes. like punches like, everybody. <laughs> but it's like he so weakly punches them, and they're like, "Oh!" And they like pass out. Yeah. But then um, Natasha, Tom gets Natasha, and they um, they're gonna run away. Well, Sergeant Tucci, he sees. I don't know how he knows that this is where Sardu keeps all of his money, but he sees where Sardu keeps his money is in this um, like I don't know uh, fucking hole inside the cage. He's got a Scrooge McDuck money bin. That, but the the lid to it is inside the cage with all the cannibal women. Yeah. And so Tucci's like, fuck, I want that money. <laughs> Gotta have that money. <laughs> I can I can take I could take on these naked women. Yeah. No. So he opens up the cage and the naked women just pull them apart. Yeah. And then um they get out and then uh Natasha and Tom are running away and Natasha stops and she's like, But my master, my master and Tom like turns and he's like, We gotta go and she grabs a sledgehammer. <laughs> And like as slow she, as the softest blow ever. Yeah. <laughs> the softest blow, but with the result of the most deadliest blow ever, because like <laughs> blood and guts come out of this guy's fucking face and he's dead. She kills Tom. And then she's like, she like licks his blood. And then that's, she's a blood sucking freak now. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, she goes back to her master. Well, meanwhile, the girls 
have all escaped. Yeah, they got out. And they're dancing around like eating a hoagie? Yeah, they're having a little, <laughs> little naked dance party. They're eating a Subway sub. And they're like, <laughs> I was like, that's a sub sandwich. Looks and delicious. then I look, and you know what's in the sub sandwich? A duck. <laughs> it's a duck. No. And, and Ralphus and Sardu's decapitated heads are sitting on the fucking table. Whose dick was it? It had to have been Ralphus's, right? Because he was hung. You know that guy's hung, like, hung a like a horse. He's a, he's a tripod. <laughs> hung like a Shetland pony. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Ralphus, Sardu, one of the... Um, one of the ladies who was like one of the the assistants to Sardu and someone else too, wasn't it? Was it was it Sergeant Tucci? Maybe I don't know. I thought there was they're four all heads. Dead. They're all but they're dead. all dead. And yeah. They're just their heads. And it was funny too because I know this is an audio podcast, but like just picture like a head with like a tongue sticking out, like <laughs> yeah. stuck up through a table, and that's what the that's what the special effect was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then, like I said, they show a close-up of the fucking hoagie, and it's got a dick, and it's like, the end. Boop. <laughs> uh, one thing we didn't talk about uh, was the music throughout the film. The music was very, like, fanciful. It was very, like... Yeah, it's piano, kind of showtime, kind of... Um, it's very. It was very subtle. Yeah, and it was almost like um, like a minuet in places, you know? Like a very, like, like um, Shakespearean... Like if you went to see a Shakespearean yeah. play, some or like some yeah. other time, like 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 ragtime, like like Alan was saying, like the piano uh, that you would hear like at silent films. I'm probably gonna surprise you guys with this, and I'll tell you why because I didn't give it a zero. Um, this <laughs> I movie, say, I'm probably gonna surprise you guys and give it like a five. <laughs> the surprise no. that is not zero. All right. Well, because. Like, I think that anybody who listens to this and knows this movie would probably be like, oh, Brett's going to fucking hate this movie. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I didn't like the movie. I, it's not like, oh, God, this is the fucking greatest thing ever. But I also didn't hate it. And the reason why is because I think I get I get it. Like, there, it, this is a farce. This is a fanciful farce. It's um, making fun of, and I don't know if there was like any like political undertone to it. Um, none that I want to even contemplate and think about and waste my time thinking about. But what I will say was it is making fun of itself. It was very tongue in cheek. It was very low budget, but it was also like almost a comedy. And I don't necessarily think that it's funny. There was probably about half a dozen times when I was watching this that I said, what the fuck am I watching out loud? I said that. <laughs> By myself. I, 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 said, too. The, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And then like, I'd watch a little bit more and I go, but seriously, what the fuck am I watching? Um, but that being said, it's not awful. Like we talked about, uh, these, these torture scenes and torture scenes don't bother me so much. Um, especially because it's so outlandishly cartoony. Like the blood that they used was clearly red paint that they were just throwing against a wall. Um, so I'm going to say I'm going to give it a two because I didn't, I didn't hate it. I'd watch it again, <laughs> and I would definitely watch it again. And we've talked about this before, and you guys more so than me, but I would definitely watch it again with a group of people. 
So anyway, go ahead. What about you, David? I did not uh, like this movie at all. (laughs) (laughs) No redeeming quality? um, No. I mean, not really. I I found the acting annoying. Uh, There were parts that made me chuckle. Like there was a part where Natasha, like, and Tom, like they had just like finished having sex or whatever. And she was like, yeah, Tom, you do everything so well. Even make love. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know if it was, it was intended awesome. to be funny, but like that was funny. By the way, by the way, also Sardu was fucking ripped. Did you see him when he had his shirt off and he's getting whipped? I'm like, that dude was fucking ripped. Shredded. <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, I thought the violence wasn't. It was gratuitous, but it also wasn't very good. Like the effects weren't convincing. I mean, like when they cut people's fingers off, it's clearly like a finger sticking out of the bottom of like a cardboard box or something. <laughs> It's it was, like when you would put your finger. Yeah, yeah. it was like when hole. you were like in, when you were eight years old and you were doing a magic show for your family. It was like that quality. It was like that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was just bad. I thought the music was annoying. Um, it looked like shit. The only things that I will give it credit for, I actually thought the guy that played Sardu did a fairly good job. I mean, it was kind of a rip off of Vincent Price, but I, I thought he was at least yeah. convincing. Um, and, and there were parts that I, I kind of enjoyed, but overall I thought this was a terrible movie. Uh, I started it, my wife wasn't home and mm. she was like on her way and I texted her like two minutes in and I was like, Hey, take your time. Like no rush. Yeah. <laughs> like you will not, yeah. like, you will not like this because <laughs> she, she actually really enjoyed the uninvited, but, uh, thankfully I think she only saw like the last five minutes of this one. Um, Christina watched the last. Christina watched the last two minutes with me because I was like, hey, come here, watch this. She's like, what the hell is this? Gonna happen. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so, you, so you give it a two. I'm going to balance the universe. I'm going to give it a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you're, you're the tiebreaker here, Alan. So uh, this is your typical like 1970s New York like grindhouse. Exploitation. Exploitation yeah. fest. And that's just not my thing. Um, yeah, and, and that's, and that's fine. You know, um, it's better than cannibal Holocaust though. I'll give it that. Yeah. And you know, I was, you know what, to, to branch off a little bit, cannibal Holocaust is probably the first found footage horror film. Yeah, but it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I I think, I think that's true. Yeah. I think we talked about that. But anyways, um, no, this is your typical like seventies exploitation, Shockfest or Schlockfest. Um, the story is very is very basic, given the given the decade, given the title, given you know what you had in grindhouse theaters at the time. They weren't trying to be Hollywood. Oh no, I had you very had, low expectations. This movie met them. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you have you have Hollywood films where they had somewhat of a set of standards, like you know. Um, rating system that sort of thing and then you have these renegade filmmakers in the underground you know where they make these films with only so much of a budget and you know (laughs) they came out you know midnight movie theaters and that sort of thing so dude you could you could remake you could remake this movie today with joe exotic uh playing dr sardu (laughs) killing that bitch carol baskin (laughs) what i enjoy about this about this film is um it has a has a charm to it it's more like an exhibition you're seeing a lot of shocking scenes especially for the time there's a level of shock value to it and i can appreciate that 
they could only do so much with so little because these were not Hollywood films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some parts that don't really age well. All of it. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Which, it, the, it, the misogyny? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean... Well, yeah. But, yeah. but, 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 but here's but, the but, thing. But, I, I get what I'm you're saying, gonna, but it, it's an exploitation film, so I'm not going to really knock it, it for that. I mean, that's... Film, you go in... And, you know, and, sure, and, and a lot of this... Um, coexisted with you know pornography of the time period you know a lot of this stuff was distributed in in adult film stores and that sort of thing and you know some of these some of these people who made these movies were in adult films and that sort of thing so Anal you dwarf. know exactly so they they share similarities <laughs> um i give it a two as well um that's a 1.5 that's a hey that's actually higher than i thought it was gonna be overall so Hey, cool. Yeah, no, um, I I knew that I would be surprising uh, to some that I, that I didn't hate this film. Um, again, it, to kind of just reiterate everything, is like, it's not a great film. No, it's not. By it's any not. stretch of the imagination. But to, to Alan's point, there are parts about it where it's fun. Like, yeah. It's it's a it's a fun exploitation movie from yeah. the seventies. Like the acting's not great. Like no. the performances aren't great. You know, like it's like the story's really basic. It just it relies on like exhibitionism, shock. Yeah, um, there's just a series of vignettes, basically of DNA, the of the yeah. Torch. It's just like oh, let's film this, let's film that. You let's know, throw darts at her butt. Yeah, <laughs> bullseye. Um. So yeah. So we have will to blame for that one. So we can all, <laughs> thankfully, uh, I will say that I, I rather enjoyed having, uh, the listeners pick a couple of the films because all too often, you know, we're trying to think of ideas like, and we're trying to thematically think of ideas, but what's so funny is like, you could not, if you would have asked me to pick two more diametrically oh, opposed yeah. films, like I could not have done any better. This is a, po- this is a potpourri episode if ever there was. Yeah, and they're they're the exact opposites of what one another are. So, with that being said, because we got went to the uh, listeners for the movies, we want to go to the listeners for the title of the episode too, don't we, uh, David? Yeah. So I threw it out there on Twitter last night. Just uh, hey, you know, name this episode. You know, if yours is the one that we pick, we'll give you a shout out. I'm just gonna read you the entries because we only got a few. Because like I said, I just posted this like last night. Um, yeah. But, so shout shout outs to all of you. We might pick one of them. We might not pick any of yours. If they, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna throw this out to you guys. All right. So this is from this, and these are all via Twitter. So this is from Essential Eric. His nomination is the Uninvited Suckers of Dioc. Spelled D I O C K. Dioc. Dioc. We've also got from uh, Valkyrie Sova, Windward House, and other snuff. Okay. And then uh, our buddy Mike. <laughs> Mike suggests Alan digs the shittier of the two. <laughs> Wait, Alan doesn't even know Alan what to is, say. He's like, I don't see the humor. No, <laughs> that would mean The Uninvited was the shittier film. Does it? Yeah, I gave it a better rating. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah inaccurate so it, it's disqualified but and it's I like great so movies. inaccurate but yet so funny 
It was funny, before Mike posted that, he actually posted another suggestion, and he said, how about two movies that suck that Alan loves? (laughs) And then he said, I haven't seen them, so technically, I'm not in a position to say either suck, so how about Alan digs the shittier of the two? It reminds me of of a conversation. It was a shittier film than Bloodsucking Freaks, that's terrible. It reminds me of a conversation I had with Mike at Halloween, but that's, that'll be for another time. Oh, that's funny. So what do you guys Mike think? Mike is a funny guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Because uh, So one of them was uh, Windward House and Other Snuff. Um, the, yeah. the, the, the name that I kind of had in my head before I threw this out there was uh, Windwards and Losers. And I feel like that's actually pretty close. Yeah, that is that is pretty close. If you have any ideas, suggestions for movies that you want us to review, we're we're definitely open to suggestions. I thought this was a lot of fun. The other the other part about this was is that it it gives us a chance, obviously, not to think about what we're gonna have to do, but it also opens like I would never we would have never suggested blood sucking freaks mm-hmm. in a million years. I wouldn't have been like, hey, we should watch that movie, and I don't think any of you would have. Uh, likewise, probably for the uninvited, like, I don't think we would have, it would ever been on our radar. Um, agreed. You know, we can't do this podcast forever. (laughs) So there's a lot of movies that we're not going to get to, but having the audience pick some for us will help us get to some of those that we probably wouldn't have gotten to normally. So please reach out to us. Um, and you can contact us. How can they contact us, David? Uh, you can reach us on Twitter on Facebook or the Slash Wrap, where we are the Swearwolves on all of those platforms. Uh, we have the Swearwolves YouTube channel. We're also on Instagram as the Swearwolves Podcast. Uh, you can go to our website, theswearwolves.com, or you can email us directly at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. All right, so for the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. White slavery in this day and age? I want to get oh. my hair done. <laughs> <laughs> this <Yeah>. is white <laughs> slavery. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Then <laughs> really? Like, do you want to do you want to just put it right next to the microphone? <laughs> like that's all we hear is the fucking sound of your fucking cheez it. I'll, I'll do it quietly. What are those? Are those cheez its? Looks delicious. <laughs> I knew they were. Are those cheez its? Are they cheese nips? They better be cheez its. Cause fuck cheese nips. Oh, oh. cheez its. That's legit.